Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome, everybody, to Inside the Upside Down. Your host, Mike Ricksecker, author and ghostorian. I do not have Shauna with me this evening. It is, what is it, parade night down there in Jerseyville where she works, so she had to work this evening. Uh, every year they do that. Hopefully something else is going on next year, but that's the way it is for tonight. So this evening we're going to be talking about Think outside the world. And when I mean the world, I really do mean the world. So we're going to be talking about all things uh, haunted, paranormal, supernatural, interdimensional, things like that. Um, yes, thank you for reminding me, Tim Schoen. This Facebook Live is brought to you by Hunter Road Roast to help you hunt ghosts. But, I mean, seriously, it actually is. Um, Inside the Upside Down is a production of Haunted Road Media. It is brought to you by Haunted Road Roast, as well as Ghosty, our mascot, and you know all those cool little things. So, um, of course, you can check all that out, hauntedroadmedia.com, and, and all those fantastic places. Uh, so, I know that I didn't get to a lot of your questions during Edge of the Rabbit Hole when we had Andrea on. Andrea has so much information that we just... We'll ask her a few questions and just let her go. And a lot of times she's bringing us up to speed on, on different things that are going on in, in her world, like that news about the farmhouse and uh, the news about her book and the, her different experiences that she's had recently that she's putting into it, which is fantastic. Um, I'm also in the middle of writing a book, um, a book on shadow people. I've talked before about shadow people being interdimensional beings. And so I do want to get into those sorts of things. Um, there's going to be some shadow people stuff. We could talk about other interdimensional beings. People like to talk about black-eyed kids. You can throw down in the chat different things that you actually want to talk about. I have a list um, of think outside the world. The very first thing that popped into my head that I actually have as number one on the list is getting off the planet. And I know this is going to sound crazy and, and far-fetched, but um, in the grand scheme of things, when... Um, you know, we, we, we were talking there at the end of that show with Andrea about um, things we need to do to um, help each other, help this planet, help this world, all that. Um, and no joke, we, we do need to do all those things. Um, stark reality is that eventually this planet is going to be gone. Now, we can do all kinds of things to prolong our stay here, uh, which would be fantastic. We're either going to destroy ourselves or what will eventually happen is the sun will encompass the planet and, and destroy it. So at some point, we have to think of actually getting off the planet. And so when we think of all of these different things, whether it's aliens um, or Andrew doesn't like to call them aliens, just you know, extraterrestrials, um, to befriend them and you know get to know them better and develop those relationships, which we really haven't been doing, because like we were talking about before, the uh, government kind of intervening and kind of getting in the way of all that, and kind of, but it really does. Um, those are relationships that we're going to need to develop, because at some point in time, we need to, 
to get off here and go and colonize somewhere else. Like, yeah, that's not going to happen for you know, billions of years, but it will eventually happen. And it could be that some of these other uh, extraterrestrial races have already had to deal with that. So it would behoove us to befriend them and acquire that knowledge so that we can go do it ourselves because it is going to happen. So uh, Robert Hanna is talking about black-eyed children and reptilians. Um, so we'll definitely get into those. Um, so we'll see. Let me just jot it down. Black-eyed children, BEKs, and reptilians. Um, cool. So we'll definitely get into those. Uh, yes, uh, Andrea Agra saying great news about the farmhouse. It really was. So if you, uh, for those that didn't hear or just coming into uh, Inside the Upside Down with without seeing edge of the rabbit hole first so basically the farmhouse it's the quote-unquote conjuring house where andrea uh, grew up has been bought by uh he he had like 10 years of uh, paranormal uh investigation experience he he's known andrea um they've they have befriended each other and so that is going to eventually be accessible again be i guess andrea's getting in there this weekend which is awesome um but um from what I read in one of the articles, it will be accessible at some point to the public. Again, they're going through restoration work. Um, since he's going to be there this weekend, I'll, I'll uh, have a conversation with him. One of the things that Hunter Road Media is known for is helping with restoration through like our our books, part of the funds going toward uh, helping those haunted historical locations. So maybe we work it out work out some sort of arrangement there uh, like we've done in the past for others uh, Michelle Hogan hi from Ireland well hello um, yes we always welcome our Irish friends here for sure uh, Pam Presnell the Matrix okay the Matrix so yeah so let's get into some of that stuff um, yeah, the Matrix it, it, now that's an interesting um, conversation to have about whether or not we are living in a simulation. I mean, you can even look at the way some, I mean, you can even look at the way some religions are worded, and if you break it down to its core elements, you know, whatever is God um, or that higher being, it seems a lot like, okay, you're talking about a creator and putting all this together and then letting his creation run wild and amok or hers, or whatever it is. Um, it sounds like a lot, like Sim City or The Sims to me, really, is, what, is really what it sounds like. And it it very well could be. So there's been a lot of talk and conversation about, you know, if we are all living in a simulation. Now, does that mean we're plugged in somewhere like The Matrix? Or are we a product of that creation are some of these entities that we're seeing going into uh, supernatural entities are some of those entities that we're seeing perhaps somebody on a higher level say I don't know maybe a game master or something hacking in or coming in or plugging in and interacting with us when maybe they're not supposed to be or maybe it's somebody from another we're going to parallel universes um, from another instance of that simulation coming over into this one and checking things out. There's a lot of different ways that you could actually look at those sorts of things. Um, and your favorite movie of all time. Yeah, The Matrix was definitely a, uh, a great one. So that's Robert Hanna. 
Um, it's kind of difficult to think about um, because in this sense that a lot of people want their lives to be purposeful and we're a lot of us are doing a number of things to try to discover our planet's secrets the what the afterlife is where we go when we die which would be the afterlife um you know what the origins of the universe are and being in a simulation in a matrix is i don't want to say damaging to that but it kind of takes a lot of the mystique out of it uh, but it very well could possibly be um so you can you can throw some comments and questions in there uh down there about that we do actually have an inside the upside down episode on are we living in the matrix or is the matrix real or where did something like that um yeah, Pam Presnell, or our minds and energy somewhere else, and we're just playing out what we want to do or try, just throwing out things. I mean, that could be. Um, there has been some theories, and people talk about when we pass away, and we're in that wherever it is we go, that other, that kind of quote unquote home, that your conscious in that state recognizes not just where we were in other past lives, but if you go the parallel universe route, other universes in which the consciousness is actively participating. So there could be a piece of your conscious now actively participating in another universe and acquiring knowledge there. And while you're in that home area, you are... are conscious of those different things that you're taking in from those other universes so if that's a matrix simulation sort of thing that those could be instances of the simulation in which your person i guess maybe for lack of a better term is tapped into and acquiring knowledge from each of those states um it makes a little bit of sense to me when I talk like instances, just because I have a, a computer background and when we talk about instances of a certain environment, it makes sense to me. It's, you know, a, uh, a copy essentially of that environment, which can be changed. It can be manipulated individually. Um, but in the long run, it's all part of a collective whole. So um, could be, could be. So Genevieve Rogue, or an ET playing all different people at once. Yeah, you could go down that route too. Um, isn't an ET just messing around with everybody? Um, Bree Jones says, brain the vat process or problem uh, for anyone who suffered through philosophy class. Yep, yeah, there's definitely a lot of philosophy uh, behind all that. How do you know, and this she's also asking, how do you know when you're not just a brain in an experiment? That's a great question because I don't know if we figure that out while we're down here. I think many of us are trying to figure that out and we're getting close to some answers. I think it's hard to, to know for sure. Probably when we pass away, we, we know some of those things. So when we do paranormal investigations, those are some of the different questions that we ask. We, we ask about their environment that they're in, the things that they are witnessing, the things that they are seeing. You know, and it could have to do with like a time frame. You know, do you see things 
as they are now, and we'll describe the room. Or do you see things as the past, and we'll describe the room as it had been at one point in time to see what kind of answer that they that they give. And if the consciousness becomes outside of time, one of the things that we're trying to find out, um, or if it becomes trapped in a certain era, you know, which it could be, um, you know, if it's supposed to return to a source, um, why hasn't it yet? So we'll ask those questions as we're doing an investigation to see if we get some responses. A lot of times we don't, unfortunately. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get names, we'll get um, yes or no responses. You know, we'll we'll get some information, usually about their lives. But when we talk about the afterlife and ask those type of questions, very very rarely do we get an answers. Kind of a frustration, <laughs> but it happens. Um, Betty Lange, pretty boring to think that we're the only ones in the universe. Yeah, we're we're definitely not alone. Um, and I think right now we're going through that whole speculation phase of you know how things may be. We're probably all wrong. <laughs> all of us, all these different theories that we've come up with are probably all inaccurate. Um, all right, uh, Andrew Agassin, we will see you uh, later. Um, have a good one. So, um, okay, that's everybody saying hi to each other. So... Uh, and parallel universes, no times really get you thinking. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with the with the idea of parallel universes, just because of, you know, like I said, being in a in the computer industry, I'm a DevOps engineer. Uh, I've played a lot of different roles over the last thirty years, but um, yeah, the idea of an environment copied, 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 um, in all those instances playing out. My my major was game and simulation programming, so I really have an idea about this. Um, I could see that. We talked a couple of weeks ago because uh, it was brought up in chat here about the multiverse. I don't subscribe to that idea just because I don't believe that every decision that we make spawns off a completely different universe. Um, I mean, I understand how the combinations of permutations of decision making could really once you start going down um, the web how many different um, possibilities that there are out there but I don't think they're just instantaneously being cranked out because we make thousands of decisions a day I'm just one person so almost 8 billion people in the world so what 7.8 billion people in the world right now to think that we're all Every single one of us creating thousands of universes every single day is just, no, I, I, I don't believe that. But are there other different universes working current, currently at the same time? I could buy into that. Like maybe there's 12 different ones out there. Um, and maybe sometimes when we see some of these interdimensional beings, maybe they're, they have figured out a way to cross from one of those universes to another. Um, or, you know, there could also be different levels within this universe, those different dimensions. Um, that ding was Vanessa sharing the Daily Tarot with me. Okay, we'll take a look at that later. Oh, and it just clicked in. Speaking of computers, not doing what I wanted to do right now, of course. Um, but maybe those different levels within it are different dimensions. And 
there's different entities and beings within those different dimensions doing having different functions having different roles that they play within there it's always possible you know so maybe that's where we see some of these shadow people maybe that's where some of these black eyed children come out um yeah, uh, Pam, maybe there's a kibosh in telling us the secrets of the universe. Yeah, that's something Shadow and I talk about a lot is uh, is about the rules. You know, that perhaps the reason why when we ask these questions, we're not getting any answers is because of the fact they've been instructed. You can't, or maybe there's just some system in place that if you try to start saying something, you know, it's, it's withheld. Um, but that's that's definitely a theory that's out there um dustin so this means i'll never get to be able to relive the medieval period darn i mean you never know you know i i have the whole idea of stack time that take a specific location and instead of thinking of line or time as a horizontal line that it's actually stacked on top of it. so all the events past present future at a specific location are all present and if you were to peel back the layers you could see all of them there think of um okay interstellar with the tesseract it's supposed to be a 3d representation of time basically in that moment he's stuck in the fifth dimension okay the the different dimensions so you have a line one dimension a plane which is just you know flat surface that's dimension number two 3d so that's in an object above that is time dimension number four which is the dimension that we are in because we see from your dimension, you can see everything else just plainly. Um, so somebody in the fifth dimension would be able to plainly see time. And so they've developed the idea of a Tesseract, a 3D representation. It's kind of like 3D on top of 3D. Um, and so the best conceptualization that I've seen is basically what they've done in Interstellar, where he's able to see all those moments of a girl's bedroom. They're all there, all accessible of that one room. So, and I actually came up with this idea before that, but this basically it was a really good example of how it would work. So, they're all accessible. You can see everything that happened. Um, just pick a time and go there and go there. And just you'll see exactly everything that's happening in that place. And so, I think some of these interactions that we have with a ghost or spirit or what have you are moments that for whatever reason are creating an echo or sometimes for whatever reason these couple of moments have blended together and you're able to see a glimpse of something from the past concurrently those people are able to see a glimpse of the future so um i was just on and it's coming out tomorrow um irene allen show which is paranormal uk and if you listen to that episode, episode, she tells a story of basically walking into a room and you know, all of a sudden she sees it done up like the uh, uh, 19th century. Uh, there's a woman there who looks at her and just like gasps 
as if Irene's the ghost. And basically, she said it's like the the ghost had the same expression on her face as I did. So it's another one of these stories of the ghost seeing, you know, you as a ghost. So if you are then in that moment looking at the past, she was, you know, late 19th century, that ghost, that spirit, whatever you want to call it at that point, is seeing you. You are in their future. So I don't believe that we're just seeing the past when we witness some of this paranormal activity. I think there are times that we're actually witnessing the future as well. So, um, from Pre Jones, Mike, what do you think of then of the Back to the Future idea of creating a cataclysmic change in the universe? I think it could happen, um, where you could change, you could change the past. I think there's things in place that probably try to prevent that from happening because then it would you know it screws with <laughs> it screws with everything um if you're thinking of things in a linear fashion and we talked about a couple of weeks ago the show dark and how things in the future can change the past um in the bootstrap paradoxes and things like that and it's interesting concepts to think about that yeah there is something from the future that could change the past but they had their mechanism for that is the time machine you know whether it's the tunnel they walk through or the box or whatever it is that they're using to go back and forth between time to make these different things happen but in reality i don't think you need a machine to do it i think it already exists and we just haven't really been able to access it yet it's all here i think in the spot that i'm sitting on right now in this garage if i was to unveil everything i think the guy that used this as his shop you know working there on the bench there or in the sinks over there or whatever i think i would actually be able to see that happening right now um i also think that whoever ends up moving to this house after us i would be able to see them as well if you peel it back you just see everything that ever happened in this spot you know a, a, a deer taking a shit here or whatever you know i, I think you'd be able to see all of that you know, when the dinosaurs roamed, you might be able to see one walk right through. Um, interesting things to think about. So, um, David, why the book Timeline is a great book. I have not read it, so I'll have to check that out. Um, so, Tim Schoen, if time travel were possible, do you think we'd be able to change the course of history? What repercussions could we face for doing so? Um... I think that's that's one thing that people try to get their head wrapped around is, you know, changing the course of history. What if you were to go back and change something? How would that affect everything? You know, because you went back to change something. So now up to a certain point, um, those that experienced it have what forgotten does that mean you forget it you know once you've changed it i don't know i don't know if you then suddenly forget it because you changed something um they talk about that they address that like in the movie looper where he starts interacting with his previous self his, his younger self and as the younger self starts to do different things it starts making his his memories change so it might have that kind of effect too 
Um, so Tom McNicholas, if we were able to go backward or forward in time, our existence would be constantly changing around us, causing a paradox effect that would destroy us all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it makes you wonder because do people from the future, like hundreds of years from now, thousands of years from now, do they already have the ability to do that? If they already have that technology and already the ability to do that, are they already doing it? And is that why we have things like the Mandela effect? I didn't even have Mandela effect on the list, but is that why we have things like the Mandela effect where somebody from the future has gone back and changed something from our past that means it's now different, but yet somewhere in our minds, we still remember something being a certain way. And you go back and look and it's like, it, it wasn't that way. You know, according to the records, it just, it didn't exist, but we remember it other people remember it you know so maybe it doesn't change the the memory after all or maybe it does for some and not others um okay Bree, it would be so cool to talk to somebody from another century like that it really would actually i would really love to talk to people from other time frames um Robert Hanna just started season two of Dark Great Series. Yes, highly recommend that series. Absolutely. Um, a lot of great things to think about with time travel within that. Um, Robert Hanna Looper and Predestination, great time travel movies. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, Predestination. Shana and I talk about that one all the time. That is an absolute freaking mind bender. Tom, would all the documentation also change? Yeah, presumably so. Presumably it would change all of that as well. At least... If, if you adhere to that philosophy, um, it should. Whether it does or not remains to be seen. But, you know, we saw the photograph and Back to the Future change, right? <laughs> of course, it's just a movie. But um, I think theoretically, it would. So, yeah, we got big time into... Uh, into time travel here. That was our that was our topic a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's something people enjoy talking about and thinking about. Um, I think a lot of people want to experience time travel and go see other time frames. Um, I just think it's already accessible. We just don't know how to access. It. I think it's already there, and we just need to figure out how to be able to access it. Uh, we mentioned the movie Somewhere in Time uh, a couple weeks ago where he put himself in an environment that was of the time frame that he was trying to go back to and he was able to successfully go back there. Then he ended up seeing later on a penny that zapped him back to his present uh, day. But for a while he was able to access that time because he put himself in a complete mindset that that's where he was. Um is that really doable? I don't know. I mean, you know, we hear these reports of people just walking into a room and suddenly it's different. It's it's like from another era. Um, or they see a person who's from another era. So they didn't do anything to manipulate the environment. They just walked right into it and there it was. So, um, so let's talk to see... Um, 
some of these other topics here because we could keep going down the time travel tangent for a while. So uh, interdimensional beings, I briefly mentioned shadow people. Of course, I'm writing a uh, book on shadow people right now. Um, getting a bunch of stories and, and stuff like that put together. So a lot of you have seen my presentation on that. Um, I'll be giving it periodically here throughout the rest of the year. And hopefully by the end of the year, um, the book will be coming out on that. Um, Black-eyed children and reptilians were ones that wanted to, uh, you guys are saying to talk about. So black-eyed children, um, very, very creepy uh, little kids. So, And yeah, I get that's the way they look. I've never seen one, um, but I've read quite a bit about them, and I know people who have, who have actually seen them. And they do look like legit kids, you know, younger, um, but their eyes are completely black. They're very pale. Um, their speech is very monotone. The clothes that they're dressed in, very drab. A lot of times it's said it, it looks like a little too big for them. So it's just, it's kind of hanging off. Um, so it, it sounds like a very depressing scene. You know, drab, pale kids in very, you know, drab clothing that's too big for them. But they have just, their eyes are all completely black. And the aura that surrounds them is very, very creepy. And what they want to do is get into wherever you're at. They want to be invited in. So if it's your home, your car, whatever it is, they want to be invited in. And a lot of people feel that inclination to want to invite them in, but there's also like an alarm going off in the back of their head. Like, no, 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 this isn't good. This isn't good. Don't invite them in. But even though they're feeling inclined to do so, so they end up saying, no, you're not allowed to come in. Yeah, but the kids are saying stuff like, oh, you, you want to let us come in. You want to feed us. You, you want to let us sit down. Stuff like that. And then when the person turns away or they close the door and they open it again real quick or whatever the situation is, the kids are just, boom, gone. They like vanish into thin air. Um, so very, very bizarre. Um, and these creep the hell out of people. So, um, so you guys want to talk about Bermuda Triangle as well? We could do that. Tanya Sargisian, um, you have a shadow person story you need to send me? Yes, Tanya, please do send me the shadow person story. Um, I'm, I'm still collecting, uh, stories, shadow person stories for the book. I didn't really make that public because I had a lot of material going into, the writing of the book, but I'm finding some different, some different areas of the manuscript where I could, you know, like some holes where it's like, I could use another story right here to fill in. Um, cause you want those types of examples. So yeah, please go ahead and send it my way. Um, uh, Sedona. Hey, good to see you down there. Um, yeah, Tracy never invite in the black eyed children. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's really the, the gist with them don't do it um reptilian so this is supposed to be a type of alien race um maybe i don't know because i've never seen a reptilian i hear people um talk about them uh, all the time it sounds a lot like the tv series v i mean sure i mean uh, an alien could be you know reptilian in form why not um I think a lot of aliens are not going to be, when we finally see them, when we see these extraterrestrials, they're not going to be exactly what we think. 
Now, there's ones that have been depicted as very small. And I understand that. Okay, fine, small aliens. But I think what might be shocking to a lot of people are the ones that are going to be massively huge, like 30, 50, 100 feet tall type of extraterrestrials. I'm serious, like that freaking tall. Because you got to think about, as we discover more and more of these exoplanets that are out in the universe, they come in all different shapes and sizes. Now, on a bigger planet, you might want to consider some of these exoplanets that they're discovering that might be in that zone that could produce some life. Some of these are like, you know, tens or hundreds of times bigger than Earth. You know, it it might be an Earth-like planet, and yet it's much bigger than our planet. And if it is that much bigger, and let's say that the atmosphere is higher than ours it could it could very well be producing life forms and vegetation that are that much bigger than us you know there might be you know a a weed in somebody's garden might be like 20 feet tall or something in that world or you know things that are much bigger you when we think of like prehistoric times um we always get that vision of like plants being huge, you know, the dinosaurs being huge, the trees being huge. And some people say that was because there was more oxygen on the planet at that time. Maybe, maybe that's it. Um, but I, I, I kind of think of some of these other planets that are just much, much bigger than ours if they have life, that they could also have much, much bigger life forms that when they come to Earth, we could be like looking up, oh my God, that's high. You know, um, and conversely, the same. You know, the smaller planets, maybe they have the smaller life forms, and maybe these smaller type of uh, extraterrestrials, maybe that's why they are so small. You know, so it could it could have to do with planet size. It, we just I don't really think we think of that in a lot of these you know, movies that we put together. Aliens are about our same size, or they might be a little smaller, or maybe maybe about the size of a hobbit or something like that. You know, the uh, when they depict the greys, yeah, they're shorter than us. They got the big eyes, big head, all that. Um, you know, I think what was it? Men in Black had you know a couple that were a little bigger, but I think there's going to be some that are just astronomically huge, and there might be some that are like really, really small like that. So I I, I don't think we ever really consider those sorts of things. Um, Pam Presnell, I haven't thought of V in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, yeah, when it comes to the reptilians, I mean, that's that's what I think of when I think of the reptilians. I think of the show V. And, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these these entities, a lot of these um, extraterrestrials are, are going to be very different than us. So for there to be a reptilian-type extraterrestrial race running around okay but i think there's gonna be a lot of other different varieties as well you know um some people some people try to speculate that bigfoot might be an alien you know it's um some people also try to say that he's an interdimensional being as well because of the way he just kind of appears and disappears you know if if bigfoot is a real thing you know um could be but i think we need to um be uh, be cognizant of 
the idea that we might not be standing in front of a biped. You know, it might not be the little gray. You know, it might not look something like us, but have like a slightly different face. Um, You know, and it might have more than, you know, an extra set of arms. It could have many different arms. It could be something extremely hairy or loaded with feathers or some other feature that we just are not aware of yet. And when we see it for the first time, we're like, oh, my God. You know, so I think we need to be prepared for that when, when we run into some of these things. So, um, yeah. Um, and what do I think of the reptilian shape-shifting as our world leaders? I don't know. Um, do we have aliens running the world? I mean, people speculate about a lot of things as far as, like, the world leaders and who's really running the show, you know. We, we talked last week, conspiracy theories with the Illuminati. Um, could be, I mean, do I think aliens are running the show? That's basically what the question is. Are aliens running the show? Um... I almost kind of think that if aliens were running the show, they'd be doing a lot better job. <laughs> I just, I mean, I think who we see right now are, as our world leaders, I think they're human, but um, I think that there's a shadow government in the mix as well that only a select few people are really in the know about. It's, it's funny to say that because I think a lot of people are aware there's some shit going on so to say that there's only a few people in the know i think more people are in the know you know because we're sitting here looking at it like there's something up there's something going on um but a select few people who know who those people actually are are they aliens are they the ancestors the anunnaki um i think the world leaders are human i think they're being controlled by others we could speculate all day as to who or what those others are. Um, are they part of the Illuminati? I mean, the Illuminati, as it was back in the late 1700s, is different. So what we consider that secret society now is not the way it functioned back then. Um, it was quite different back then. Uh, there are some principles that came out of that that have kind of meshed into what we believe is Illuminati today, but it's it's not the same organization. Um, it's different. So let's see what else you guys have. Yeah, uh, Genevieve Rogue. Yeah, I never wished to see a giant mantis thing with four neck, uh, four foot neck, but don't regret it. Wow. Okay. So you've seen okay, and I've I've heard people talk about the uh, the giant mantis. So that would be like an insect type of uh, extraterrestrial. So yeah, exactly, Pam. Yeah, we know there is a shadow government, but who are those sixteen to eighteen people? That's an excellent question. Um, that is kept really under wraps. That, that's that's the big question. Who are they? And there's only a select few people who know who they are, but there's somebody else running the show. You, you see on a daily basis the manipulation of the world markets, resources, you know, all of that. You know, it's, you know, we live in America, free country, all that, and 
is it's interesting how over time government has always figured out a way to control the people you know before for a long time it was religion now it's money um you know the the resources that um that are in place right now that we need like oil um when we shouldn't have to have oil all these years later um you know but we're appeased you know um as technology develops and it could have developed quicker um you know than it is now and i know it seems silly because you look at where we were 100 years ago but you know there's certain things out there right now that while other technologies have skyrocketed some things have been suppressed um but i think we're we're given some things you know along the way like oh we'll throw them a bone here we'll throw them a bone there so we we get like a new piece of um a, a new toy to play with yeah, and I, that's kind of like what it is you know here here's a new toy for them to play with you know so they'll disregard the fact that we're actually royally screwing them over you know so um yeah who are those who are those people that are controlling all that it's a good question so all right um Tim Schoen, what do you think about Area 51? Will the truth ever come out? Well, I mean, I... As far as Area 51, I mean, it does exist. You know, I mean, it's... We, we know the installation is there. That's no secret. Um, it's not an assault base. <laughs> like they say in Independence Day. I thought it was funny, Andrea brought up Independence Day. But, yeah, so the movie Independence Day calls it an assault base, which it's not... You know, it's a um, basically it's a research facility out in the desert, um, and the question is always, what the heck are they they researching? Well, you know, Bob Lazar, you know, blows the lid off of um, alien uh, vehicular alien research or extraterrestrial vehicular research back in the uh, '80s. I have no reason to doubt that. You know, I I saw some departments that existed. Um, at least in the mid '90s, that you know, while while I couldn't see the details, it's like, oh, okay, well, they're doing something over there, okay, you know. So, yeah, it exists, and they know more than they're willing to tell us. And there's been a little piece of disclosure here, a little piece of disclosure there. It's like they, kind of like before, you know, they they're giving us a bone. They're giving us a bone. Keep us keep us going for a little bit. You know, maybe some of those little bones are distractions. You know, you know, throw one over here while we're doing something else over there. It's usually the way it works. But yeah, I I, I believe it's it's legit. Um, so let's see, Bree Jones. As far as government goes, any thoughts on Amelia Earhart? There was some conspiracy theory that she was a pawn in the war. Send a woman over, and uh, and she wouldn't be captured. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about Amelia Earhart. Um, I need to do a little bit because I know there's some conspiracy theories regarding her. Um, I just haven't done a lot of research on it yet. But um, yeah, I mean, I remember when they hadn't found her yet, and you know, and, and now they have. I mean, I remember when they hadn't found the Titanic, and now they have. So I think it's another one of those where some of these old mysteries we'll get like a little piece of and then we'll be left to speculate for 
decades or hundreds of years as to what really happened. That they'll be like just just enough to keep you talking about it. And so over the course of time, all these crazy wild-haired ideas are going to come out about it. And all of them skirting around what the truth is. But it's enough of a distraction that you'll never actually get to what the truth is. So, um, and a lot of different things are like that. Um, so Bree Jones are researching stuff that don't want us, the minions to know about his why in the desert. And there's a lot of that going on. A lot of the uh, searching around for different artifacts, different, you know, I've, I've had um, lost and advanced civilizations here written on the list, lost, uh, hidden history, lost history. Um, there is a lot of that going on. We had uh, Dr. Heather Lynn on Edge of the Rabbit Hole a couple of different times, uh, and I was featured in her uh, in her book, uh, Evil Archaeology, so thank her for that. Um, yeah, there's a lot that's going on in the world uh, delving into those ancient civilizations and those those old technologies. They knew something back then. You know, they they knew something about the way that the world worked that we just don't know now. Um, you know, how do they move those huge, huge blocks of stones? And it wasn't on freaking rollers. And they don't even try to go there. You know, and they they you know try to say stuff like that about the pyramids. And it's like, oh yeah, they they built a ramp and they did this. It's like, do you know how big that freaking ramp would have to be? The the ramp itself would have been a bigger undertaking than the pyramids. And I think the Great Pyramid was actually the tallest building in the world until the Eiffel Tower came along. You know, that's that's how outrageously huge that construction was. Um, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Baalbek and those, oh my God, those massive, massive stones and how huge they were. I mean, there's no way. You know, they, they had a different technology um, you know, than we have today. You know, we're just starting to be able to some of those things we still can't move today with our current technology we still can't move them there's other ones that are like okay we're just starting to come to that point now where we could actually move it um, so I, I think that a lot of these governments and organizations they are searching for that technology they want to know how these different things were done and so then the question comes okay how did we lose that technology what in the world happened um and you look back there, you know, there are different global cataclysms that happen. And you know, archaeologists hate to talk about, you know, global cataclysms, but they happened. And, you know, civilizations were destroyed and um, information was lost. So, you know, there's a, a pretty large contingent right now that um, that has this idea. And, I, and I've read and, and listened and watched a lot on this now that there was an advanced civilization and we're not saying that they had computers and smartphones and things like that but a much more advanced civilization than the hunter-gatherers that were out there thousands and thousands of years ago and there was a cataclysm that happened and those people because they had lost the ability to do the simple hunter-gatherer stuff because they were more advanced died during this this cataclysm and so some of them kind of the the survivors maybe meshed back into the hunter gatherers and so some of the stories you know were 
uh, were passed down and, and things like that. So there was a little diffusion of information there, but you know the big know-how of how things worked was lost. And so you ended up with these hunter-gatherers that were still able to survive looking up at these huge megaliths like, well, the gods must have done that because to them, those people of those higher civilizations would have been kind of like gods. You know, some people are saying the aliens and, you know, I mean, who knows? You know, maybe there was, I'm not, saying, I'm not ever going to say that the aliens built anything here on Earth, but maybe they did pass some knowledge on on how to do some things. Um, but you, you think about it, and this is the example. Uh, Graham Hancock is a, is a wonderful uh, person to read and, and listen to on this. And he has a great example on this. Um, you know, if there was a, a global cataclysm today that wiped out, you know, all these wonderful things that we know how to do that we have today, like cars, cell phones, all that, you know, just you say, you know, maybe a comet blew in or there was a massive BMP, whatever the heck it was, and we could no longer have access to all of this technology. Who would survive that? Um, you know, we're used to going to our grocery store and we're used to having our, our smartphone, we're used to having our car. You know, how many of those those people that are, you know, in these city high rises and everything, how many of them could go out and become a hunter gatherer tomorrow? Because that's where civilization would be knocked back to. A lot of those people would die off. Um, so that's that's kind of the idea. That's kind of the point. Um, see what you guys are saying down here because I kind of rambled on for a little bit. Um, Pam Presnell saying, we have lost history from late 1800s, so agree with you about lost history. Yeah, we have lost history from all different eras. Um, yeah, we've lost so much of time, it's, it's unreal. That's why I would love to be able, you know, we are talking time travel earlier. I'd love to be able to go back to these different times and these different eras and just see how the way things were done and the way things really looked. Um, you'd have to take into consideration the, things, the way things really smelled. Um, Andrea Perrin, who we had on earlier, um, co-wrote a book in a flicker, um, and within it, I thought one of the, one of the nice little details that they included in there, it's kind of disgusting to think about though, when they, when they zapped back, time travel again, to London, 19th century, one of the things that they talked about was the smell and how... Uh, he immediately got sick because of this. You're just not used to it. You think about the way some of these places smelled back then. You might not be able to handle that. So, but to be able to experience um, would be interesting for sure. Robert Hanna, like the lost city of Atlantis, and that's there's speculation on that with with Atlantis. You know that they maybe they were a um, more advanced civilization. And whatever the cataclysm was, and the, the civilization was lost, um, but that, that's one of them. And there's so many different theories about Atlantis, and so many different areas where it could have been. A lot of people try to speculate that the Library of Alexandria had information on Atlantis, and then when we lost the Library of Alexandria, we ended up losing that information about Atlantis. Um, that's where Plato went. Um, he, he got a lot of that information about Atlantis when he, when he wrote about it. 
he got it from Egypt. So th those could be, you know, that that connection being lost. Um, is this a real shame? So maybe there's something out there in the desert <laughs> somewhere, uh, someday that, that gets uncovered that gives us a little bit more insight as to, uh, as to what happened there. Um, you know, people do speculate that there were some Atlanteans that got out and recreated elsewhere, but because they didn't have access to everything that they did when they were in Atlantis, that it just wasn't the same. They had basically had to start over. Um, Betty Lange, our brains cannot accept most of our lost history. We like comfort in our lives. Um, that's true. We do like comfort in our lives. The, the problem comes in when we lose that comfort and we have to go back because something has happened. Are we able to successfully do so? And I think a lot of times we're not able to successfully do so. And so we end up losing that knowledge we end up losing that information and like Hancock will say it's it's a um you know we're people of amnesia that we've forgotten all that that you know a lot of these things get passed down as stories um but we used to be able to do some other things and we've forgotten it um and if you keep going back and back and back you'll you'll start to find some of these people somewhere and it's interesting because they'll come across some different artifacts or they'll come across a skeleton or just like even like a little scene and it's just so out of place that they'll look at it and be like that doesn't make any sense and they almost kind of discard it because it doesn't fit the timeline that you know our experts have put together and i think our experts have forgotten the fact that we're still discovering. There's so much more out there that we have yet to uncover that you should just keep that open mind that you have the you have the right to change your mind. And I think a lot of these people get stuck in the fact that you know, they've written a, a book or maybe a couple of books and that there's a doctrine that they have to follow in order to get their funding from whatever organization to basically keep their their line of work going um, to be able to continue to work on whatever project and so we've kind of lost the idea that you know to me it's cool when we've discovered something new but that's not the way that world works they don't necessarily want to be on discovering like something new in the sense that it radically changes everything you know that we've already learned before we just you know if we find a new you know, piece of pottery over here or a new skull over here, you know, that's, that's fine, but don't rock the boat. Um, you know, which is a real shame. So let's see. Kathy Silanta, I personally think that they're, they're going to find out real soon. The carbon dating is way off. Timelines are a lot older than they think. Um, they're already figuring that out. Yeah. So, I was just, um, I've been listening to the Cygnus Key from Andrew Collins, which is, uh, it has a lot to do with uh, Gobekli Tepe <clears throat> there in Turkey. And some of the carbon dating that he mentioned in there, they were making adjustments. Um, you know, like the, the original carbon dating said 
one thing but because they know the carbon dating is off they have a formula now to go back and actually make corrections on some of the older carbon dating so some of that is already starting to be adjusted uh, i think they've already recognized that carbon dating is off um, by how much I don't know if they exactly know, but they are starting to put formulas into place to adjust some of that stuff. So, and I think it, it's based on when the carbon dating was performed that um, they they decide to go ahead and, and uh, calculate out, well, it's, it's no, it's this instead. So some of that is actually already starting to come into play. So, um, Dustin Samaria says, I wouldn't mind going back to when we all use paper and pen, still like to handwrite letters. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I actually prefer to write out by hand as well. Um, it's just, yeah, typing is a lot quicker. You know, and being a being a writer, um, and I grew up, of course, just, you know, writing everything out longhand. So there's there's a part of me that really enjoys that. It's just, it just takes a lot longer time and going back and making corrections, you know, lining you know line it out and rewrite it and just it, it takes a lot longer time where it's easier using a word processor and go in and, and, and make those changes so i get what you're saying though um <laughs> betty lingy is earth flat no the earth is not flat the earth is round <laughs> i don't believe the flatter theory at all um i think a great reality show would be get a bunch of people together that believe in the flat earth, put them on a boat, go to the end of the earth. <laughs> show us that it's flat. You know, um, you know, show us the end, show us the end of the earth. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that the earth is flat. I, I believe it is round. Um, yeah. Um, Robert Hanna, another Stranger Things night after the show. Have you guys seen Stranger Things 3? I did binge watch that. It was all right. Not as good as the other two. Um, I'm about to, it'll be up tomorrow. So the Inside the Upside Down um, podcast, actually it would be the Mike Ricksecker audio journey. So Inside the Upside Down podcast goes on to the Mike Ricksecker audio journey podcast, um, which is on all those like iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, all those different platforms. Um, so my Stranger Things 3 review will be out tomorrow morning on that so sure check that out um so yeah yeah genevieve that's a misinformation if you look how telescopes work in planets etc it's not flat yeah um yeah it's 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 round well it's an ellipse it's not perfectly round it's an ellipse um egg-like yeah kind of yeah and if and if you understand how um you know the procession works in, in the stars and in all of that yeah there's it's it's not flat <laughs> how many of you think it's hollow there's the, there's the hollow earthers too and i think that one's misinformation as well so I believe that there are places within the Earth's crust that are hollow or have great caverns or have immense space within them. Um, but this idea that there's just the crust and then there's like a whole 
like at the top and the bottom of the earth and then everything inside is like empty and there's like another world inside no not all of that but huge monstrous caverns and stuff like that within the earth sure um i think there are, are spaces like that that do exist within the earth um so you could say that parts of it are hollow there's even the idea that the moon is hollow um and there, there is um, one of the tests that they did up on the moon in which um, they basically slammed into the moon and measured the resonance. And the type, that type of resonance that came back, it, it lasted for so long. It was like there's some people sit there and say, well, the entire moon is hollow. Or you could be like, oh, there might be a good chunk of it that's hollow. Um, even the mass is like supposed to be lighter than it should be for you know the the size of the moon and stuff like that so there's some interesting stuff out there for sure um Jennifer Rogue like a potato that's an interesting one like a potato for uh, for the earth um yeah ring like a bell there you go for uh for the moon yeah Robert there's that idea of the moon being one huge extraterrestrial space station I don't know if I'm bored with that <laughs> I've I've heard that theory before um, and they've talked about you know that they've been able to actually move the moon but there's something you know something broke within it so it can't move anymore I don't know if I subscribe to that one um, it is interesting though if you look at the dimensions of the of the moon and how it's in its distance from the earth um in comparison to the size of the sun and the earth's distance from the sun and all that and how the moon is perfect to be able to you know for the eclipses and and, and all of that is is that a coincidence or was it manufactured somehow? I don't know. It's 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 cool to look at for sure. So, um, Genevieve Rogue says the ancient Greeks remember time before the moon and polar flips on Earth. Makes you wonder if big ship passed brought it here. Um, it's there's a lot of different. Uh, stories and, and theories out there so we're past our hour mark though <laughs> so we'll have to save that one for another time you know I mean there's a lot of things we could get into with like earth crust displacement and how you know Antarctica may have been a lot further north uh, than it is right now I mean obviously there was you know shifting the contents and all that but like and we're talking hundreds of years ago, not millions. So there's a lot of interesting things um, that we can get into on here, but for another day, because we're already past our hour, like I said. So I want to thank everybody for hanging out tonight uh, on both Edge of the Rabbit Hole and Inside the Upside Down. Uh, next week, there will not be a show, uh, either one, because I'm going to be on the road. And so no show, what is that, the 16th? Yeah. No show the 16th. Uh, what we'll do in the, in the meantime, I will have an upload uh, this coming Friday. And then next week, once I get back, I'll upload some stuff. But there will be no live show next week. I'll see if there's anything I can go live on with uh, over the weekend. 
Um, there, there may be some of that, but um, yeah, Edge of the Rabbit Hole, Inside the Upside Down, live shows, taking a break next week, and then we'll be back the following week. So there we go. Uh, you guys have a great night. I'll give some quick shout-outs here because um, it, it doesn't keep much chat history. So uh, Tracy Christian, Kathy Siliento, Robert Hanna, Genevieve Rogue, Pam Presnell, Betty Lange, um, Tom McNicholas, I know Dustin Samario was in here. Um, I want to thank you all. There's Bree Jones, Robert Hanna. I think I've said all these. I want to thank you guys very, very much for hanging out and engaging in the conversation. You guys had a lot of great questions, some great points. And, uh, yeah, it's always, it's always interesting, the uh, stuff that we can dive right down into. So we'll be uh, tackling some more of these things later on. But for now, y'all have a good night. Till next time.